Howdy everybody, this is David Sanchez and this is episode number 17 of the Riffs or Die podcast for January 22, 2021. On this episode, I have one of my good friends. I love this guy a lot and I've been playing in a band with him for quite some time. Mr. Pete Weber is on the podcast today. And we had a great talk here, but there are still so many questions I'd like to ask him. So I'll definitely have to get Pete on again here sometime. But there's some good stories from the road and our travels and uh, some good advice that Pete dropped on us. So I hope you guys enjoy. As always, if you would like to support the podcast, you can go to riffsordie.com and pick up some merch. Please show your friends and share it if you dig what you hear. And if you want to support beyond that, you can go to patreon.com slash riffsordie.com and sign up on the Patreon to get some bonus episodes, discounts in the web store, live Zoom hangouts, handwritten lyrics, and access to the Patreon-only feed. For those of you that are already signed up, thank you very much. Much appreciated. If you want to write into the podcast, you can hit me up at podcast at riffsordie.com. I want to hear wisdom from you guys, some wise words that you have to share, and also any weird, crazy, or funny concert stories that you may have. Start sending in some stories of the funniest or weirdest things you've ever seen at concerts. I would love to read those on here and share them with the world. So write them in, send them to podcast at riffsordie.com. With that, let's dive into this interview. This guy is one of my best friends. Longest running bandmate I've had in the band. He's an amazing musician, and I love this guy a lot. Here is my chat with the one and only Pete Weber. Enjoy! Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have Mr. Pete Weber, lead drums from the band Havoc. Some of you may have heard of Havoc. Some of you may have heard of Pete Weber. Weebler, how's it going? It's going well. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right, given the circumstances. Right. I see that you've been keeping extremely busy playing your drums, obviously not on tour like we were supposed to, but tell people what you've been doing drum-wise lately. Yeah, um, so I was luckily able to take advantage of us not being on tour with using the mics and our Midas console that we usually use for in-air rack to start a Twitch channel. And um, that's been going really well. And I had you mix it for me. It sounds really awesome. So I appreciate that as well. And um, yeah, no problem. I like doing that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know you do. So, but yeah, it's, it's going well and uh, got a pretty, I'm just about to hit 2000 followers on there. So um, it's been fun. Yeah. If people want to find you on Twitch, what's your uh, handle? So it's under Pete Weber Drums. Pete Weber Drums. Weber with two yeah. Bs. Yeah, those Bs, like the bowler. That's I always get that. They're like, oh, Pete Weber the bowler. <laughs> mm, no. Yeah, I mean, he's like, he was like 80s and 90s, so... One of the places that you and I have both worked at has a bowling alley on one side of it. Are you good at bowling? Um, honestly, I'm not the best bowler. 
uh, I can like, because we can bowl for free. So I'll play a game or two here and there. But I mean, I'll start to get half decent, and then then I just lose it sometimes. I I'm not consistent is my problem. Yeah, I went bowling the other day. I, the best I did was a total fluke, but I bowled like a one fifty six. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, there was a lot of spares and strikes, but it was a, a fluke. None of the other games were like that. <laughs> yeah, if I get over 100 nowadays, I'm, like, happy. Yeah, anything over 100 is pretty good. Yeah, I think so. On your Twitch stuff, do you play a lot of Havoc music? Yeah, so um, now that I have a decent following now, um, I just do subscriber requests. So a lot of the people on there, you know, know me from Havoc. So I all the time get Havoc stuff. I've even done full Havoc streams of like that. All the albums besides Burn, like Time Is Up, you know, Unnatural Selection and Conformicide and V I've done. So I guess all of them, yeah, besides Burn, I've done entire streams of just that. And then, yeah, I would say at least I'll probably play one or two at least per stream. Um, that get requested. Do you have a favorite song to play from V? Um, you know, it's tough because we have the one drum playthrough for Phantom Force. I really wanted that one to come out just because it's like super fast and, you know, it's like one of the fastest songs we have. Um, that's why I chose that one. But it was tough to choose a second one just because... I felt like uh, there's a lot of parts that I like on a lot of the songs, so it was tough to pick. Every song has very cool drum parts in it, but yeah, yeah. So it's it was full. Yeah, it was hard to pick the second one, so I picked uh, "Cosmetic Surgery." Excellent. So, I love the middle yeah. of that song. The drums in the middle of that song are insane. Yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> it doesn't. Sound it's like easy. one of those. No, I mean, it's not that hard. It's, like, one of those patterns, though, that, like, I have to just play it and not think. Because if I start thinking about it, then it's like, gets weird. <laughs> yeah, where the placement of the snare drums are in that one part, and then the ride is completely, like, independent, not just holding down 16th notes. It's like playing a pattern. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, the hardest part on that for me to do is not that hard, but for some reason it just like kind of messes with my mind is that the last kick drum before it goes into the, like the 32nd notes on the snare is like really hard to hit for some reason for me. Mm, interesting. Cause I remember even when we were doing the demos for it, I was having a hard time doing it. Yeah. I guess you just gotta <laughs> practice that part. <laughs> But because the drum part's really fucking cool. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, I can do it. It's just, I think it's because I'm going into the faster notes after, and it, uh, I'm, I almost like my foot needs a break or something like that. Mm, yeah, gotcha. Who knows? Something. Did, do you have a favorite drum part, like just a, a drum section from V that's a favorite? Yeah, um... I've been listening to Pan Psychism a lot, and I think that song in particular, 
I like the um, beginning, like the the drum tom, the toms with the feet, and then going into like the the kind of Philly part before it kicks in. I think that part's like really cool. Yes, for surely it is. It, yeah, it sounds huge. Yeah, that would be one of my favorite drum parts on the album. That song in general has some really cool parts, and then there's a break in the middle where we do a little. It's kind of like a drum interlude before like the probably the solo section or something like that it's kind of cool mm-hmm. and that was the only section that was like the only thing that i didn't purposely didn't write before we went into mark's studio because i wanted to just kind of wing something on that part <laughs> yeah you know yeah you think of different things when you're in a different atmosphere and stuff you know yeah for sure and something that's like that where it's just a bunch of fills i think it's smart to leave it kind of open unless you really compose some epic amazing best drum fill ever kind of thing <laughs> yeah yeah i i don't know like i'm more of a fan of just like letting things fly sometimes with stuff like that because for me at least as a player i find that i think of things on the spot better than i do i wouldn't say better but um just more like just comes easier when i just do it like on the spot for some reason you know you're flowing with muscle memory your body mechanics are just kind of improvising with things that are comfortable instead of trying to think too much and trying to execute some premeditated thing exactly yeah you're just like going with the flow of what your uh hands and feet would normally do yeah, I like the idea of uh, when bands go into studio and for the drums, do a couple of good takes where you just play it normal and then doing one more take where you just go berserk on the drums and throw in like way too many fills and just change all the fills on purpose because every once in a while you're going to accidentally record something really, really great. Yep, Totally. Yeah, I think I think that's a really cool way to do it. In the future, I definitely want to do more of that. Like, here's the song, let's play it right a couple times, and then just fucking go berserk on fills and stuff on the third take. Yeah, yeah, especially like, especially with the drums. I mean, I know for us at least, I'm usually like 95 percent prepared, so we're done so quick. It probably is not that hard for us to accomplish something like that either. Yeah, I would love to do that. Next time we go in to record, get what we already had planned down and then uh, just throw like an improvised drum take in there. Because you might play one beat a little bit different or play a fill a little bit different that winds up being way cooler than what we planned on. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a really cool idea. It shall be done. (laughs) So we were supposed to go on tour this year and go to a lot of places and very obviously that all got canceled. Yep. But we've been a lot of very cool places before. I get this question all the time. I'm sure you do too, but do you have like a favorite place that we've been? Yeah. Um, I personally really liked Australia. Yeah. Um, Australia is cool. So, I mean, you obviously know, but, uh, probably other people don't know, but when, when we did the tour with King Parrot, who's from there, and uh, was it Alkira? 
Desecrator. Okay, yeah. Alkira was the, the Asian part. That's right. Yeah, they're another Aussie band that went to some Asian dates with us. But the but the Aussie tour was with King Parrot and Desecrator. Okay, cool. Yeah. That was probably like uh at least, you know, being somewhere wise, one of the coolest places. Just like really warm, nice like dry weather and the people were really relaxed and uh, we got to stay in Byron Bay for like two days and hang out on the beach and go to that wet and wild park. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I don't know what that ride was called, but like that pendulum swing that we got to ride for free. Yeah, that giant swing. It's for people that uh, don't know what we're talking about. It's kind of one of those big arches where they pull you up. They put you like in a suit that's tethered to a, a line. And they hoist you up in this like slingshot kind of a thing. And then you pull the ripcord and you just free fall for a second and then start swinging on this gigantic pendulum swing. And it can be one, two, or three people in it. That was super fun. And they let us ride it for free. Yeah, it was probably the scariest thing I've ever done in my entire life. So I did it with Rob, who was our tour manager. Well, he And he told... He told the, didn't he tell the staff that we were like the Deftones and Arcade Fire or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. He said that we were the Deftones <laughs> and they hooked us up and got us all in there for free and let us ride all of the rides, even the ones that cost money for free the whole day. So sorry, Wet and Wild, but we had a great time. So it was awesome. You know, we're giving you some free advertising right now. So thanks a lot for hooking us up. The Deftones here. Yeah, yeah, I've never hugged a man's arm so tight as I did on that. <laughs> yeah, that first second when you have the free fall and the zero gravity feeling is terrifying. It's not so scary once you actually start swinging. No, yeah, it's just that initial fall. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was the idiot that decided that I would uh, pull the ripcord too. And when we got to the top, I like couldn't move my body because i didn't want to like move my arm to pull it and rob's like rob's like pull the damn cord pull the damn cord <laughs> yeah but on that I, I, go it, ahead i was just gonna say it was like very scary just even moving my my arm to get to the ripcord <laughs> yeah especially the first time the first time was easily the scariest yeah i i couldn't do it a second my heart literally would have fell out of my chest that day um i went and wrote it like six times <laughs> yeah i they know were letting us do it for I free know. so i did it a bunch because if uh we didn't have that hookup it would have cost like 30 bucks every time you wanted to do it yeah yeah and then other than that from that trip that i mean the other cities were cool to visit just like we had a good time in brisbane i remember after the show we got taken to that bar to get pizza and uh, we couldn't Cherry stay bar, very long. Right? But yeah, and then, well, there was another one in Brisbane that we we only could stay for like 20 minutes. Oh, but, um, yes, I remember. That would have been cool to have stayed longer, but um, it was a good time. Yeah, Australia is cool, and the people are very laid back. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's kind of chill, and one of my favorite things about Australian people when uh, they're talking about things, <clears throat> they often yeah. will preempt a statement with how good is blank <laughs> instead of being like, oh, man, 
that thing sucks so bad. They don't really talk about stuff that sucks. They're usually talking about how good is peanut butter and jelly. How good is <laughs> today outside? And they love the word legend. Fucking legend. Fucking legend, mate. <laughs> how good is the word legend? It's amazing. I love it. That sounds like a very Australian phrase. All right. <laughs> Yeah, Australia was really cool. I really enjoyed it there as well. Um, I love yeah. Japan, too. Yeah, absolutely. Super cool place. It's really beautiful. So our, the guy that brought us, his name is Bennett, and he he drove us through each city, and um, he played this album from this rapper, Juicy J, over and over and over again, the whole trip for like, what was it, five days straight or something? We were there for nine days. Was it that long? Yeah. Uh, and he kept playing well, stay, yeah. stay Trippy. Yeah. <laughs> it was like every time I would wake up in the van, it's just like the same song over and over again. I'm like, Bennett, how are you listening to this still? <laughs> <laughs> There's some funny but he songs was super on cool. that. Yeah, we had oh, a yeah. great time in, in Japan. We are out there with Rotting Christ, Angelus Apatrida, uh, Vride. And who were the other bands that were on that run? There was one. Um, there was one more or two more. It was a fucking stacked bill. And uh, yeah, uh, Angelus. Angelus was. Did you say Angelus already? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know who else besides Breed was on it. But we didn't really hang out with the other bands that much because we weren't traveling with them. We were alone with the promoter in his vehicle. And all the other bands were in a different vehicle. Yeah, so, that was like very, very lucky that he did that for. Yeah, it was. It was interesting that we weren't all together, and there wasn't even two bands. Together. I know. There was just us, and then everybody else. I know. <laughs> so everyone else was like hanging out and like broing down with other band members from other countries and stuff during the drives every day, and we were just like by ourselves with the promoter, <laughs> which. I'm not complaining. We had a great time, but we missed on some of the fun of touring with other bands, you know, being in a foreign place yeah. and being in the same vehicle and get to hang out and talk with people. Very true. That is the one huge advantage of uh, not being like on a bus. Like when we're in Europe, when we have to drive in the daytime, you do get to see some really cool stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, which when you're on a bus, you're probably sleeping the whole time. Yeah, and even if you weren't sleeping, it's all dark. You can't really see anything. True, right. Remember the first time, I think it was the first time we were in Italy. Um, we were driving in the daytime, driving through northern Italy, like through the Italian Alps. Do you remember how fucking crazy the scenery was? Oh, yeah, that was insane. Yeah, that was still to this day one of the like gnarliest, most epic places I've ever seen in my whole life. When we were playing with Fear Factory. Oh, yeah. We pl we played with them twice in Italy. I think it might have been on that tour. Yeah, you're right. It could have been. I was just talking about that the other day. Um, actually, on my Twitch show. Because uh, somehow Dino came up and I was telling the story about how we played those shows and how... We had to borrow their gear, and Dimitri, our old manager, 
supposed to tell them that we needed to borrow gear and he, they had no idea but thank god they let us use their gear oh my god yes what a nightmare <laughs> show up with no gear and say like oh yeah we're using your gear and they're like uh no one told us that no you're not oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I so playing Mike's kit was like fine to play, remember? But his uh, he had his crash symbols like super low and right over the top of his toms, so I could only get like a two inch hit off the toms. Which normally, like, I'm kind of like a swingy player, it was like, oh my god, very difficult to get through that show. <laughs> yeah, and I remember I had to run through Dino's rig, and it was not my sound like at all. Yeah, yeah. I remember that but pretty well. They were pretty cool shows, I remember. Yeah, they were great shows. Yeah. Great shows. We've played a lot of really cool places with a lot of really cool bands, and uh, I think about it all the time, how lucky we are to have gotten to see so much of the world and do all of it just because we play in a heavy metal band. That's yeah, it's, still it's, mind-blowing to me. Yeah, it's amazing. We're super lucky, and um, fuck, man, with the way things are now, I'm not sure that um, people younger than us that are trying to do what we do and tour the world and stuff, I don't know if it's even going to happen. It might come all back roaring, and I hope that it does, but things have gotten so weird that it wouldn't be unthinkable to me that touring as we knew it never comes back. Yeah, I mean, the way it was, yeah, it's very plausible that, I mean, it, in any case, it's going to, it will be a little different just because of what happened. In whatever way it is, it will be a little different forever. Yeah, it's totally crazy. We're super lucky that we got to experience some of it before all of this lockdown stuff and all of the uh, travel bans and all this kind of stuff yeah i mean it, it just seems like it, it would make it easier for them to just for something like that to happen again or something you know uh what do you mean like if they open things up then the pandemic would fire back yeah up? If like another, mean? yeah or, or something like that you know because it's already happened once you know i don't know but who knows really yeah we're all on standby mode right yeah indefinitely yep but uh, I know we still have a ton of really great riffs in the riff pile. And uh, I've been dicking around on my bass and my guitar out here a little bit, coming up with a few ideas here and there. Do you ever make a riff pile for drums? Do you ever like record a cool drum beat and just save it on your phone? Uh, I, I've done more like stuff. So most of the stuff that I think of normally like when i'm like just sitting there not actually playing so i'll kind of like meld it into my phone but yeah same kind of thing cool all right well that's great yeah just even having a sometimes even a really simple thing can be uh super effective absolutely a real simple idea as long as you save it so you don't forget it it's fun to come back to those things i i have a bunch of videos and voice memos in my phone and sometimes I'll revisit them after not hearing them for like three years. I'm like, oh, shit, totally forgot I even came up with this. This is a great idea. <laughs> it's fun to go yeah. back in time and 
rediscover things that you came up with that you had no recollection of doing? Yep. Like a sober blackout? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about some of the gnarliest places we've been? The first one that comes to my mind is Malaysia. When people ask me if we've been to any like odd places or what are some of the most obscure dude. places we played, Malaysia is the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, dude. Like when we stayed, I forget what city it was, but we stayed in this like, it was supposed to be a some kind of motel, but it was like, wasn't it called like Bohojaru like, or something? Yeah, dude, that was it. And we like, I, the the place was like horribly disgusting inside. Like, like the blankets looked like they had blood on them in our room. And like, uh, yeah, they came pre-seasoned. Yeah, pre-seasoned. Yeah, and then there was like the only thing we were starving. The only thing to eat was like this tiny little dude stand outside. And I swear that I ate like there was cats everywhere, hundreds and hundreds of cats everywhere. So I swear we were eating like cat nuggets that night. Yeah, we very well could have been. And I I remember um, we went on a walkabout at nighttime just to like see what was around. And that was a trip. Yep. And uh, we were also in the big city there, Kuala Lumpur. And just the that was actually day, pretty cool. Yeah, that city was cool. The the smaller town that we were in was just not. Yeah. It, it was strange. <laughs> it it wasn't necessarily yeah. bad. It was just it had a weird vibe to it. And um, yeah. I'll never forget when we were in hotel rooms. There was always a big arrow on the ceiling pointing you toward Mecca. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'll never forget that. And hearing the call to prayer on the loudspeakers, you were like yep. walking yeah, down been- the sidewalk and you would hear like Islamic prayer chants through loudspeakers. Yeah, pretty wild. It's different for sure. Yeah, it's super not regular for us being from the U.S., not at all. Yeah, that was that was cool. But we yeah, we saw those like those twin towers there. The I forget what the, they're called, that building there, but that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I have like a little statue thing that I got from there. Oh, nice. I went to uh Facebook the other day and there was a memory from I think now it's gotta be eight years ago when we went to the Batu Caves there in Malaysia and we saw that gigantic gold statue. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, we had to walk up all those walk up all those stairs to get to it. Yeah, to get into the cave, and there was tons of bats yeah, that was and cool. just it was a gnarly, gnarly cave. I'm really glad we did that. That was awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. And that statue had to have been like 200 feet tall. No kidding, it's massive. It was so big. I'm really glad when we have days off, and we're being hosted by a promoter that is down to show us things like that instead of just like, here's a day off. You guys want to just chill in the hotel. Sounds good. See ya. I like it when our host or the promoter or whatever says like, Hey, do you guys want to go do this thing? Like you're, you're here now. I know your attitude is much like mine. Like, yeah, I don't know when I'm ever going to fucking be here again. Let's go. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause most half, half the times we can do this stuff for free too. Yeah. And we have a guide. We have wheels, um, we have someone that knows the local language, someone that has 
currency, cash on them. You know, I, I'm always down to take advantage of those opportunities to be shown around by a, a local on days off. And I'm super glad that we went and did that because we have not been back to Malaysia since. And who knows if we'll ever be going back there. So yep. anytime we're in exotic places or just, you know, places I've never been, I always try to get out as much as possible and at least go for a walk. Even if we don't have a day off after loading, it's fun to just walk around even for an hour just to kind of get a vibe of where you are. I remember doing that. I, I mean... Go ahead. We've seen a lot of cool. I was just gonna say we've seen a lot of cool stuff. Like, I mean, the, all the like the temples in Mexico City, and I'm trying to think what else. Like, but that just popped in my head for some reason. But we've seen the pyramids in Mexico City at Teotihuacan. We've seen some really Couple cool times. temples in Japan. We went to the Batu Caves in Malaysia and saw that incredible, gigantic golden statue. Yep. Oh, what about the those waterfall, that waterfall place that we were in South America? That was really awesome. Yeah, Foz de Iguazu. It was on yeah, the border awesome. of like Brazil and Argentina and... Like, Paraguay or something? Maybe, yeah. Uh, I can't remember, but it's like right on the border of three countries. And um, that was fucking insane. Walking around that and seeing like 300 waterfalls <laughs> all raging at the same time. That was probably one of the coolest things that we've ever seen. Or at least that I feel like I've seen before. Yeah, for sure. It was amazing. Super, super yeah, cool. Really, You could like walk right basically in the fucking waterfalls too. Yeah, they had like that walkway that was almost like a bridge that didn't connect to another side. And you could just go out on this walkway and stand basically on a waterfall um, right before the water goes over the fall, actually. Right. Yeah, but that was, it, it was so like, cool. It was like Niagara Falls, except Niagara is super impressive because it's just like this big horseshoe kind of. There's only two gigantic falls, and they're very impressive. But that Foz de Iguazul... It w there was no gigantic one like Niagara. It was just hundreds of smaller ones. But even at that, like I remember the noise. It was loud as fuck. There was so much water, and it was moving fast, super fast. <laughs> yeah, it was really awesome. I mean, I mean, they're all kind of like they're all connecting to each other and stuff too. Yeah, and we came. I think we were there in the spring, so a lot of like the sediment and stuff wa was flushing out. And so when we were there, all the water was brown, but I've seen photos of it at other times of the year and it's more clear. Oh, okay. So it doesn't always look brown like it did when we were there. But I think of that and, uh, I mean, like when we go to Europe, you know, it's super common to see buildings that are older than the United States of America. And I know we've gone on plenty of walkabouts in European towns and seen all kinds of cool shit, castles, gigantic cathedrals that stuff is always really fun yeah you're i was gonna say earlier europe is probably like my favorite place to go outside of the u.s just because they're like we always get fed really well and you know there's tons of things to see because you're in a new city every day in a new country basically every day and um yeah it's just it feels comfortable there for some reason 
Well, they treat bands really well. And generally, most of the people that you're interacting with speak English. That too. Yeah, that does help. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. (laughs) They speak English and they treat bands really well. So bands are not bummed when they're there, you know? Yep. They feed you lunch when you get there. And then before, during, and after the show, there's like a window there where they serve hot food for dinner. And then after the show, they typically wrap up everything that was left over from dinner and lunch and send you off with it, which is so not usual in the U.S. I know. The, the or t- they give you like the whole whole plate of sandwiches too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And send you off with sandwiches for the night. It's so great. Compared to like the U.S., it's most typical to just have the promoter be like, here's $7 for every band member. Knock yourself out. See you later. Yeah, welcome to Subway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I like it when we're playing shows in the European cities, like more toward the city center. Yeah, totally. Sometimes we're in like a suburban industrial kind of area and there's nothing around. And sometimes there's a cool park there. You could go walk or run around or whatever. But when you're in like an industrial area and there's nowhere to walk to, it's kind of a bummer, but we're there to work. It's just a lot more pleasurable to do that work when you can go and explore and have a good time <laughs> in the, uh, yes. in between lunch and showtime. Yep. Absolutely. But you said you like Europe. Are there any specific countries that you, um, find yourself in love with more than others? Really? Like, um, we always play that city, Ljubljana, Slovenia. Yeah. That's a cool city. It's got like all the dragon statues around the city and stuff. And it's usually not too far of a walk from where we play to get down to the, like the city center. Yeah. Whenever we play in that town, we're normally in a good location to go explore. Yeah. And I always like Germany. Um, food's really good there. People are really nice. And, um, what else? What else? At the end Um, of that one, European tour you and I stayed extra after the tour <clears throat> and remember we went to Nürburgring and did some race, oh, yeah. race car shit yep so yeah uh, it had been a racetrack I'd always played on like Gran Turismo and stuff and uh, it was I found out I think just one year looking it was only like an hour and 20 minutes from the Frankfurt airport where we always I mean, 95% of the time fly into. Mm-hmm. So we went, rented a car and went out there. And then I rented this like souped up Toyota. And they did a lap with the, you had to, the first lap you had to do with the, um, the guy who we rented the car from at the hotel there, Apex it's called. But um, that was cool. And I, I found out after the fact that guy has like, one of the biggest YouTube channels of like in Germany from just uh, doing videos from the Nürburgring. Wow. And you drove a, what was that car? A Toyota Supra or something? No, it was a Toyota um, 86, but I mean, it's not that crazy of a car stock, but they had it rebuilt and like had a full row cage and it had, semi-slick tires on it um 
So yeah, I was built to, you know, get beat on, on the track for sure. Yeah. That thing was super fun. Yep. Driving fast is a blast. Yeah. I mean, it only takes, <clears throat> it goes by so fast. It takes under, it's like, it's a really long course comparative comparatively to like a, a, a like a normal racetrack. Cause it's like 11 miles long, but it takes about eight to 10 minutes to finish the lap. But I remember when I, we finished, I was like, it felt like two seconds just cause you know, it's your first time your drilling's pumping and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And your arms get juiced trying to oh, absolutely. keep the car on the track. Yeah. But I didn't want to do any more than that. I remember cause I think every other lap you do after the two was like another 50 euros or something. Right. Next time you're in Germany, you'll just have to rent a car and take it over there. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, I'll there's no question in my mind I'm going to do that again next time we go. <laughs> rent a sports car. Rent like a, a Porsche or one of those sick Audis or Beamers or Mercedes. <laughs> I was going to – I might uh, – I was thinking to get – yeah, like BMW M3 or M4. They have those. They're just a little more pricey than what we paid for the one I had. Right. Yeah, but you also get to drive it out of there and like rent, properly rent the car, you know? Or are you talking about – Oh, yeah, about- I mean we – at the same place. Is that what you're talking about? No, I'd probably rent it from the airport. Cause I mean, honestly we went faster on the Autobahn than you could even get on the track. Yeah. Because on the track, they wouldn't let you rip down the straightaway. There's only one straightaway on the track and you have to pull over to like restart your lap there. They don't let you just right. punch it. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of stinks, but Oh, well, I'm sure they avoid a lot of people rolling their cars after the straightaway by not letting people do that. <laughs> oh, no question about it. That straightaway, you could probably max your car out. Yeah. I've driven on the Autobahn. Um, the fastest I've ever gone, I was in a Mercedes that I rented. And on one of the areas, it had no speed limit. It was totally flat, totally straight. And the road was clear. And I got the car up to like 135 miles an hour. Nice. <laughs> Fucking terrifying. <laughs> going that fast is super scary. The whole time when I was going that fast, like I'm white knuckling the steering wheel. I'm just, I have a death grip on it. And the whole time I'm going that fast, I'm like, okay, like this would be, of course, the time where a fucking squirrel comes out in front of the car or I blow a tire <laughs> or something stupid like that happens. So I had my fun. It was terrifying. And then when I needed to slow down, I was like totally cool to go back down to a normal speed. Cause <laughs> I don't think those tires are rated for much faster than that. And, uh, just if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck. So it, it the whole time I was going that fast, it was crossing my mind like, oh, a fucking dog or a cat or something is going to walk on the road right in front of me now. No kidding. That would not be good. But yeah, I mean, the roads in Germany are meant, like you said, they're meant for that speed. And, you know, as long as you have a car that has the right tires and, you know, that's that's half the battle right there going speeds like that. Yeah, driving in Germany is a pleasure because people actually know how to drive and the roads are yeah. perfect. Like, there's no potholes. They're not all cracked up. They're mint condition, beautiful roads. And uh, you don't ever have anybody, grandma driving, going five under the speed limit in the fast lane. I call them left laners. 
left laners, dude, there are none in Germany. If you're going even 130 miles an hour in the fast lane in Germany, you can't stay in that lane because no doubt somebody else has a faster car and is going to get on your ass and start turning on their blinker, riding your bumper, and start honking their horn, telling you to get the fuck out of their way. Yeah, yeah, you cannot do that. It's da- it's dangerous, super dangerous. So, I mean, even 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 here in the U.S., it should be. I mean, it is illegal, but people don't. They think it's like uh, it's like a joke or something. I don't know. <laughs> people, I just think people don't even know the rule. I, I don't think that people know that the left lane is for passing people. I think they just see it like there's three lanes. That means I can drive in any of the three. Here we go. Woo! I don't. That does that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but I mean, you and I have put thousands and thousands and thousands of miles behind the wheel in right. America. Right. And dude, I in my experience, it seems like literally more than 50%. So most of people that are on the road in America don't understand that the left lane is meant for passing people. Yeah, that's absolutely mind-blowing. It really feels like that, though, that most people don't get that. I absolutely agree. I mean, there's signs even on the road. <laughs> Left lane for passing only. Yeah, keep right except to pass. Yeah, it's like, come on, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a whole lot of that. But that's one of the things that makes Germany so pleasurable to drive in because people understand yep. that rule of the road and uh, you don't get anybody going five under the speed limit hanging out in the fast lane. Yeah, I think driving in general there is a much more like it's like a more of a privilege there, you know, that people get, cause I know it's even really expensive there to buy cars and they have like really, um, stringent inspections in Germany too. Like you can't have any rust on your car or anything like that. So yeah, yeah. You can't have rust. You can't have dents. You can't have like a shitty, ugly car. It's illegal to have a shitty car. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so yeah, like I said, I think it's more for, you know, it's, it's more of a responsibility and like a, like I said, more of a privilege to, I think, have your, your, your license and stuff there. It's taken more seriously. I know that in some of those countries, it costs like five grand to get a driving license. It's not like here where you pay a hundred or 200 bucks or whatever. And you're 16, you take a test and you get a license over there. Like you have to save a lot of money and like be very serious about wanting to get a license. They don't just hand them out like they do here. Not at all. Yep. Yeah, that makes a big difference. Yeah, I mean, even like, because uh, we got pulled over one time in the Sprinter. I forget who was driving us at the time, but they even, they gave the driver a P-test right on the side of the road. When was that? I think it was Odie, honestly. Uh, we were like, we, we were driving like a super long time to get to a hotel. We had like a 12-hour drive, I remember. And we got pulled over. I was in the passenger seat. I remember it was wicked late at night. You guys might even even sleeping. I don't know, but they took him out of the car and made him pee in a cup right there on the side of the, uh, like we got off on a rest area, but wow. it was safe. Like where we were, but yeah, I mean, they don't do that here. I've never heard of that. No. What do you know? What country that was in? It was in Germany. Hmm. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Oh, well, sounds like something a German <laughs> would do. <laughs> I know, seriously. Yeah, Germany's fun. I really like 
some of the places that we get to go in South America too. South America, I think, is the best place for playing shows. The audiences go the craziest there, and the food is really good. And the people are nice. Yeah, we got to uh, the last trip. We had uh, was an extra day off, and was or making day or two in Santiago. That city is really nice, really very like clean comparatively to a lot of uh, other cities down there. Felt like. Yeah, I think uh, Santiago. Well, I know Chile is like the richest country down there, and I think Santiago might be the richest uh, city in all of South America. Yeah, that would make sense because it looks it, you know. I like when we were hanging out there for multiple days off the first time we had that tour in South America. And we, yeah, we got, took the tour we got of the city. Up. Yeah, yeah, we got we got ripped off by the promoter <laughs> but the part that i like to remember is all the dogs and taking that tour around the city oh that was that was awesome yeah there's half a million stray dogs in that fucking city it was crazy there was just dogs walking around everywhere yeah that was a long long walking tour i think it was like what four or five hours and we, I, I remember that was it the end when we went up that like um some sort of like, not a castle, but like it was a a hill that they built, like some kind of like fortress up there or something. Yeah, I I feel like it was. Um, I remember the end of the tour. It had like big stone steps. It almost felt like it was a a concert hall or something. Not a concert hall, but what do you call that? An amphitheater. Yeah, yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah. That whole city was pretty fortified. I remember going to mm-hmm. the armory right in the middle of the city where they used to keep all the weapons to to protect the place. Yeah, then we got hit, we went to eat in that crazy hailstorm that happened after. Yes. <laughs> that was nuts. Yeah, we've been a lot of places. I need to count sometime, but I think we've been to like 70 countries, maybe more, maybe 75 that would probably make sense, yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. Been a lot of places, man. You know, just follow me on Twitch is um, Angelus Apatria. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> the premier thrash band from Spain we've toured with a few times. They have this new song called Indoctrinate that they have a video for. It's a pretty cool song. Oh, sweet. I'll have to go check it out. I didn't know they had a new song out. They have a couple now. This one's like the newest one, but uh, it's really good. Just check it out. Cool. I will. I like that band a lot. And they're all really good dudes, too. Absolutely. Good hangs with those guys. Lots of hangs, yep. Let's wrap it up with this. Um, Yep. If you could give one piece of advice or wisdom to future generations of people, what would you want to say to them? Um, I would say, so I've had a few experiences in the past few years. Like my mom was in an accident and, uh, my best friend passed away actually just a couple months ago now. And I would say learning from stuff like that, at least I would say, you know, try to, you know, take advantage of the time you have and with the people that you love and care about and your friends and, you know, whoever it may be and, um, you know, try to do things with them and, be a, a good person and um you know like i said just take care of the people that you care about and 
maybe for like musicians or something like that or aspiring artists or anything like that i would say you know just uh you got to put your all, all into things and um you know don't waste your time doing stupid stuff and you know stick to stick to your goals and you know you can make things happen good advice um i really like your sentiment about spending time with people though i often think about that love who you do while you can because uh yeah you never know i'm really sorry to hear about your friend man i, I remember hanging out with him quite, yeah chris quite was a, a great times. guy man. yeah funny dude yeah yeah it's unfortunate but like i said you know you just gotta take advantage of the time you have with people and create good memories yes love who you can while you do or well, uh, love yes. who you, love who you do while you can. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> same thing, same same, but different. <laughs> yeah, that's good advice for the people out there. Take advantage of your time. Our time here is very very short, and it could end at any moment. So remember death. That's uh, the the old Stoic saying: "Memento mori." Remember death. Yeah, my license expires this year. I got my Colorado license 10 years ago. And I remember thinking, man, I'm going to be old when I uh, have to renew this. Thing. <laughs> I feel like I just said, I feel like I just said that. <laughs> you are old. I know. We are old. Um, I was thinking about it the other day. The first time we went to Europe, now on the calendar, the first time we went to Europe was 2012. So now on the calendar, that was nine years ago. Yeah, that's wild. You've been in the band on the calendar for 11 years. Yep. That's nuts. Super crazy. Yeah. Time just flies. And uh, I'm convinced that time accelerates. There's no question in my mind it does. Yeah. We're all getting old. So we need to take advantage of the opportunities that we have to do cool things, be excellent to people and hang out with people that we enjoy. I enjoy hanging out with you. You've been in the band longer than anybody else that's in it, uh, aside from myself. And I remember when you first joined back in 2010, we did, uh, that Hammerfall tour. Yep. And that, that was the only tour that you did with Sean, right? That's correct. Yep. Yeah. Wild feels like that was a lifetime ago. It does. That feels that particularly part feels like a long time ago for sure. Yeah. So many things have changed since then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Lineup wise, the way the world works, where the band is uh, on the ladder, you know? Yeah. Every, everything's changed. Only thing that's still the same is I'm in the band. <laughs> Pretty much. Me and you are still there. Yeah. Reese was a close. I think Reese joined like under a year after me too. Yeah. He was there in like August or September of 2010. Sounds about right. Yeah. Things changed rapidly once you joined. We did the tour with Sean. The next tour that we did. There was no Sean. We did it as a three-piece. And then shortly after that, Reese joined the band. So there was three different like lineups of Havoc within the first 
six months that you were in the band. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. Three different incarnations of the band existed in the, your first half a year <laughs> with us. It was nice being in the van with three people, though. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Other than the AC didn't work when we were in the middle of Texas in June. Oh, that's that's right. Dude, oh, my God. You remember God. everybody was just wearing no shirt? And anytime we would stop yeah. to get gas, we were just like peeling our backs off of the seat and just so stoked to get outside and like <laughs> get some cold ice or a drink or something. I'm looking at it right now. I still have. We stopped on the way and I got um, one of the South Park guys at the inside the um, yeah. little grabber machine. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the claw. I remember you got Stan. Yeah, I have him right here. <laughs> That's right. I've saved him. I've saved him through the years from becoming a dog toy many a times. Oh, good. The only one that didn't survive was uh, Apu. I mean, Precious started on Apu. Yeah, I my, think my originally. Old dog, one eyed dog. Yeah. <sighs> what a bitch. <laughs> I, I remember that, though, just rolling 80 miles an hour down the highway with all the windows down. Oh, so brutal. Just sweating our dicks off. <laughs> so brutal. <laughs> no AC. And you can't, we were, we had such long drives, we couldn't even, I think, have stopped or afforded to even fix it no, at that time. No, we didn't have the time. We couldn't afford the, the money or the time to get it fixed. Right. It, it was, uh, yeah, that was a brutal little run there, little stretch. I remember it was June. We were out with Primal Fear. Don't get too much harder than that time of season. Especially in Texas. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, I remember we were in fucking Texas in June. With no air conditioner. <laughs> so when when things get kind of bad on the road, like sometimes I just start laughing when something goes wrong because like, what am I going to do, get mad about it? That's not going to make it any better. So I guess I start laughing because I can think of so many times where I've been in situations that were so much worse. Like that, for instance, you know, not having AC for an entire long stretch through the south in the middle of the summertime. Yeah, that that's not fun. <laughs> yeah, everything I know about cars, I know from breaking down on tours. Yep, what four transmissions in that old van, something like that. Yep. Yeah, and li- <laughs> little pro tip for anybody that's hauling uh, a trailer with like a a van: keep it in third gear. We had like it was an uh, old Chevy. It was a '96 Chevy conversion van, like 1500, and we never blew another transmission after we discovered that you can just keep it in third gear and go down yeah. the highway. Yeah, you just got to keep it out of that overdrive. You got to keep it out of drive. Just keep it in third gear when you're hauling a trailer, and you will not blow your transmission. Yeah, advice from the. Wise and um, destroyed. <laughs> yeah, learn from our mistakes. <laughs> I didn't know though. I remember I only figured that out because I was helping a band when I was working at a venue. I was loading, helping them, and they had a Chevy 1500 van, 
and they had a trailer that was way bigger than ours and with way more shit in it. And I asked him, like, do you guys ever chew through your transmission? Because this thing looks really heavy. And they were like, oh, no, not really. And I was like, really? That's amazing, because I have the same kind of van, and we've blown through a lot of transmissions, and our trailer's not even this big. He was like, oh, uh, well, we just keep it in third gear when we're driving down the highway. I'm like, what? You guys can go like 80 miles an hour down the highway in third gear? They were like, yeah. It's kind of loud, but we've never lost a transmission. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to rev a little higher. You probably eat a little more gas, but you're going to save thousands of dollars of not replacing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I had no clue until I asked that band. I'm glad I asked them. How would you know, you know? Uh, yeah. And if you've got one, two, three and drive, you would think, like, I'm going to put it in drive and drive, <laughs> not put it in third gear because. You know, it is somewhat scary, especially if you don't have any clue. Um, it is kind of scary when things are revving that high that you might like, oh, fuck, we're going to blow the engine up or something. No kidding. I would have never thought to even try that, but a band told me that they do it. So I was like, ah, they got the same van as me and a bigger trailer than me, and they said it's fine. So that's when we changed that, and we never had a problem with that shit again. The more you know. <laughs> let's wrap this thing up do you have anything you want to say to the listeners before we bail um nothing really besides uh you can follow my twitch channel at twitch.tv slash pete weber jones um you can follow me on instagram at havoc jones and uh just thanks to all the fans out there who might listen to this and uh you know thanks for all the support from everybody around the world uh and thanks for having me on. Hell yeah. Thanks for coming on here. I'll, I'll make sure I get your Twitch and your Instagram stuff in the uh, info for this thing so people will be able to find you easy. Killer. Thank you. No problem. Yeah, thanks everybody for uh, listening and listening to Havoc and supporting what Pete and I do with um, our stringed furniture and our coated drums. <laughs> Bye, everybody. See ya. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks a lot for tuning in. If you're still here, you are a champion of the universe. I appreciate you sticking around and giving your attention. Again, if you like the podcast and you want to support it beyond sharing it with your friends and telling people about it, you can go to riffsordie.com, pick up some merch. You can go to the Havoc web store and pick up some merch. Or you can go to patreon.com slash riffsordie and sign up as a Patreon member. Make sure you go to twitch.tv slash Pete Weber drums and check out Pete playing on his live streams there on Twitch. Give him a follow on Instagram. Also in the description for this episode, I've got a link to that new Angelus Apatrida video for their song Indoctrinate. I just checked it out and Pete is right. It is very, very rad. Great band. And if you like Havoc, I think you're going to love that band. So check that out. Don't forget to send in your funny stories from concerts. I would love to read those. And any questions or comments you have, write them in to podcast at com. Thanks a lot for tuning in, everybody. I will talk to you all very soon. Love who you do while you can. Our time here is short. Live it up. Don't take anything too seriously. Nobody's getting out of here alive.
Good day.